Welcome to Central Line, Leadership in Healthcare, the show that shares stories, experiences, and advice from notable and innovative leaders in healthcare. Leading in healthcare is incredibly challenging. So if you are looking to learn firsthand from nurses, physicians, administrators, and other healthcare professionals in leadership and management roles, this is the podcast for you. Hosted by Leah Wuchik, leadership development expert, executive coach, healthcare professional, and president and co-founder of Tall Trees Leadership. We talk with today's successful healthcare leaders on how they get to where they are, lessons learned along the way, and what it takes to thrive as a successful leader in healthcare. Let's get started with your host, Leah Wuchik. Caroline Brunt trained as an RN in London, England in the early 1980s. Since 1997, she has worked as a full-time casual street nurse outreach nurse with the BC Centre for Disease Control with marginalized populations in Vancouver's downtown east side, the gay community in the West End, and migrant farm workers in the Fraser Valley, providing STI, HIV care, and liaising and referring clients to primary health care. She completed her Bachelor of Science in Nursing in the 2000s from the University of Victoria, and since 2011, she has been a nurse instructor with Vancouver Community College, working with the LPN and Bachelor of Science in Nursing program, working with students in the classroom and going out into the community with students for their clinical community practicum placements. During her tenure at the BC Centre for Disease Control, she helped make an award-winning nursing documentary about people who use drugs, talking about the complexity of the nurse-patient relationship, health access, equity, and respect. The documentary is called Bevel Up, Drugs, Users, and Outreach Nursing. Bevel Up is used in nursing schools across the country and has helped change how we treat people who are marginalized, not only in Canada, but in countries around the world. Good morning, Caroline. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. How is your day going? Um, well, it's just started in British Columbia, Vancouver. Yeah. And uh, it's a bit miserable out there. But, uh, you know, compared to other places in the country, I think we're still in Lotus Land. Yeah. Yes, I would agree. It's quite cold here. So I agree that uh, even with a little bit of drizzle and rain, it's it's probably all right. Yes. Carolyn, yes. I'm really excited to speak with you because you've had a really fascinating career and were a pioneer and are a pioneer in many respects. And so maybe just to launch us off, I'd love to hear about your story and your journey in nursing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, well, it's an interesting one, Leah. Um, back in, you know, 1980. I decided uh, I originally wanted to be a police officer, which was, you know, interesting. And yeah, and I couldn't get in because of my eyesight. And this is back in Britain, right? So kind of knocked on every door in the country, I think, to get in. But you had to not have glasses. And I thought, OK, nursing. My grandmother worked as a Red Cross um, volunteer in, in the wars. So uh, so we would often have conversations around that. And um, I thought, OK, apply for nursing. So I applied for what, at one teaching hospital in Cardiff and two nuns interviewed me and said, no, you wouldn't be a very good nurse. They straight out flat said, no, you wouldn't be a very good nurse. And then the bright lights of London shone and uh, I applied there and I got into one of the teaching hospitals. And um, yeah, and, and so my career kind of started off in London. And uh, over the 40 years or so that I've been nursing, I've landed in uh, in you know Vancouver and moved from hospital um, care, working in hospitals and ICUs, neurosurgery, to um, hospice, to HIV, to uh, outreach, uh, to community. Right. So, so for me, I always wanted to. I felt way better in community and public health. Right. Um, so, so that was, uh, you know, that was where, 
that that's the journey really. So I'm yeah. curious to uh, know a little bit more about what your grandmother said that inspired you to follow nursing. And you mentioned she shared some of her experiences with Red Cross in the war and what specifically kind of got you. She said to me, you know, she said, it's, it's a good profession to be in Caroline. Um, you know, they didn't talk much about the nitty gritty um things that that happened but she said i i would seriously think about it i i i had many different experiences um of helping individuals of working with others and um she said i i liked it a lot right and and you get to really see people where they're at right um and and work with them where they are and uh that kind of kind of hit me and 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 she said it's you know it was mostly all about communication as well she stressed the importance of having to be able to be um to have a conversation to care and 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 that kind of yeah that yeah for sure there was some tasks right but but really it was kind of from from that angle of of um listening i guess um that that kind of yeah drew me in and and the fact that nursing you know you can go anywhere you can go anywhere with nursing um around the world and you can work in various different places so so yeah that that was that was it for me and and i wanted to leave britain you know i wanted to explore so uh so yeah mm. yeah so when the the nuns said you wouldn't make a good nurse, what uh, inspired you to keep going with it? I got angry. <laughs> I got angry, and I said, you know what? I'm going to prove to people that that I that I do uh, and can do it. And and I think I said to my gran, I said, you know what? I, I'm I'm going to. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to do something here because I know that um, I can. I love to hear that tenacity because I think that's something that I have observed to be more of a common trait amongst nurses, because I think whatever practice area you're in, there does need to be a level of tenacity and uh, that dedication to, to saying, hey, I'm going to do it anyway, despite what people may think. Fast forwarding a little bit into your work as a street nurse, I suspect that that tenacity definitely came through there. But I'm wondering, uh, before we get into that, if you can just share a little bit about how you got into that work. Yeah, I um, might. Uh, I mean, you're right, Leia. I think tenacity and passion, right? Um, I was never very good in school. I had some learning challenges. And of course, you, that wasn't never diagnosed back then. Um, and, um, you know, I all, I almost always failed things, you know, and, and I just felt that, you know, even though I failed things, I was a human being, right. And I had gifts that I could give to people. And so when people kept knocking me down, I said, no way. Right. And I think it's inevitable that I landed in a place where um, if you if you look at you know the, the people that um, we kind of cared for and delivered health to, um, you know as an as an outreach nurse as a street nurse, those were people that have had many 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 knocks in life, and have managed to get back up again somehow despite the system despite the individual telling them you know you're a bad person you shouldn't do this, so so that's so that. That connection, I think, um, spurred me to to want to do outreach. Having said that, I was scared as hell because, you know, the British way of training was very, very task orientated, right? Not a lot of emphasis on communication, not a lot of emphasis on, and this is back in the, in the 80s, right? Not a lot of emphasis on how to deliver health to different populations, right? To different cultures. No discussion at all around how to deliver health to people who use drugs, who work in the sex trade. 
nothing. And and I I was not very good. I I was not very good at that that part. And I thought, you know what, Caroline, ethically, morally, your standards of care. Yes, you can do courses. Yes, you know all that. But your standards of care require you to connect with everyone. So 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 then I you know a friend of mine said, why don't you apply for the street nurses? And I said, oh my goodness, that's really scary because I don't know how to talk to anyone who's other than you know white or or you know non-using drugs or or non-sex trade i said that that i you know i have judgments right and um so so i did and the first six months of working out on the streets as a street nurse was the most um humbling experience ever i learned so much about myself as an individual and i learned about the people in front of me and slowly but surely um, my uh, discrimination, my stigma, my judgment started to kind of um, slip away, get turned around, right? Uh, because, you know, we, we didn't get any education in, in our training. We didn't get um, any, um, well, theoretical, um, practical experience, right? It was, it was always with... Um, you know, other, as it were. So, so yeah, it, it, I threw myself in there. It was a sink or swim. And that was British nursing too. You know, you, you either sunk or you swam. There was no one saying, oh, you know, you should go to counseling. You should talk about your feelings or you should do this. No, nothing. It's like, you know what, you're doing it or you're not doing it. You fail, or you pass. So, so yeah, I, um, yeah. So, so it was a little scary. Um, but in hindsight, I, uh, it's the greatest gift of, of all that I received, um, by having the privilege of, of being a street nurse. So, yeah, that's amazing. And what I'm wondering is how did you maybe push yourself to apply for that role? Despite the fears, despite knowing that you have assumptions and judgments, like what was the driver behind that? The driver was was my grandmother, right? You know, a little bit, because I could hear her in the back of my mind slightly. And also the fact that I, I can relate. I got knocked down quite a few times in my nursing, right? I actually got bullied. Um, I failed, you know, my, my exams a few times, right? Um, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a rough ride. And I thought, you know what? I, 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 I could relate to 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 what I had read and what my friend had kind of spoken to around street nurses to uh, and, and and the population that we served that that population too had been there were were had walked in the shoes that I'd walked in so so thereby the grace of someone um I was on this side and other people were on another side right and it didn't go as well um with the people you know who who use in drugs and uh, working in the sex trade so so yeah i remember you saying at the beginning that your grandmother talked about nursing being that perfect uh conduit if you will to meet people where they're at and as an outreach nurse i can imagine that is the first and foremost thing that needs to happen to make those connections fundamentally i think it's um well, it's massive, right? You're, there's so many skills that you that you bring to that um, interaction. Um, as an experienced nurse, you're already at you know you've gone from novice to to expert. Well, there's no expert. I question the expert, right? Novice to more mature, right? Uh, more seasoned professional um, very quickly, and. And it is, it's all about those words that come out of your mouth. Um, often I, I found that, you know, wasn't all, it wasn't anything to do with health, the initial conversation. It was all about, you know, like we started today, how is, how's your day or, you know, um, what's happening or, um, Hey, I, I, I saw you a week ago, you know, where have you been, you know, or having some little banter like that. Right. And showing, showing a humanity, showing, showing a humanity and to understand that people in front of us are not, are not only health, 
right? Um, and I say that health in a small h because health, we are all health. Um, you know, everything around us affects our health. Um, but you know, we don't we don't always have to say, well, tell me, do you want a HIV test or do you want a, a SDI test? No, it's like, well, you know, tell me, what's your name? Um, I'm Caroline. So introductions. Um, you know, as you do every day with most new people that you talk with, right? So, so it's it's bringing that meaningful conversation. And I would be told many times, Leia, you know, you know, Caroline, thank you for just treating us like 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 a person, right? That we that we don't have issues, right? That we, you know, um, that we're not a problem. Um, and and so I said, well, always, always. You know, um, so yeah, yeah. I think we always have to remember people are people first before they're anything else, right? Um, that's that's massive. Yeah. It sounds like to me that the people that you supported and and were there for um, had a lot of experience with people thinking that they're different as opposed to, as you said, human beings first. And you said something that really stood out to me about people saying to you, thank you, Carolyn, for treating me like a human as opposed to a problem. What was that like hearing that? It was great. It was a little bit, you know, um, as we know, like a health comes from, um, from, you know, it, it's very problem orientated, right? It, it's not necessarily what are you doing well? Right. Unless you're going through the lens of health promotion. Right. Which which I, I, I teach is that, you know what, tell me what you know, what are you doing well? Or I'm acknowledging you for what are you doing well? And then and then if there's any issues that have come up, um, you know, let, let's chat about it. What could you do or what can I who can I refer you to or what would you like to talk about? So. So, yeah, I, I always always want to start with with acknowledging that um, the person in front of me must be doing something well, right? Lest they wouldn't be here, <laughs> you know? I, um, and, and especially in, in the world of, um, you know, working in sex trade and using drugs, uh, we know that, uh, that people, you know, um, there's a high mortality rate, right? It's, it's risky business. So, so yeah, it's... Uh, it's a little bit of a dance um, of communication and skills around that. Um, and um, yeah, and understanding and reflecting, right, from a professional perspective on what's important, what's Im really important here. It's human connection that's important first, and it's my job that's second, right? If I don't build trust and if I don't build a connection, my my job is not is not going to happen, right? Um, you know what the healthcare system says I should do as a nursing professional uh, with regards to testing, treatment, all of that uh, may not happen um, if I don't create um, create a good relationship and a good trusting connection. How did you know when you had trust? That's an interesting question. I think you, you saw it in people's eyes, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think, and it's a, it's a non-verbal, um, you can see it in people's eyes. Um, people who work in the sex trade and people who use drugs have had a lot of trauma from the healthcare system. Um, as we know, unfortunately, the healthcare system has been quite stigmatizing um, against the population. There's lots of research out there that suggests that. And there's lots of education, thankfully, now happening in schools of nursing and medicine across the country in order to kind of really re reflect on where we as professionals come from and what we need to do to change our views formed by media and society in order for us to be professional and ethical. Um, so, so you know, often I would be told, Caroline, you know, I can, I can tell if, if, um, if somebody's not being sincere, um, I would have people say that and, and, uh, to me, and I said, so, so tell me, tell me more. And, and they go, well, how, how, you know, so they would reflect on us, right. 
and and say, well, hey, it's, it's through their eyes, it's through their nonverbal, it's through their face, right? And so, so I I kind of took that on and thought, okay, so I, I'm sure it works the other way, right? And of course it does. You know when you step into a room if you're accepted or not, right? You really do. And and it's with people's eyes. Um, you know, um, that's, that's where you see it the most. So it is the skills of, of assessment and the skills of picking up on the nonverbal, um, you know, and, and through that, and then the conversation for sure, um, would evolve from there. And, and for sure, you know, people have bad days and especially, you know, in outreach where you see people in their most rawest forms. Right. And, um, and sometimes not often, actually people will be quite bad tempered. And I knew it wasn't at me. It wasn't because of me. It was because of all the social determinants of health around them that, that really contributed to where they were at. Right. They had no control you know, and they had no home and they had no money and everything like that. So, so, um, is it sociological? I used to say whenever I used to walk out and, and, you know, on the streets and do outreach, I said, you know, I, yes, I'm a nurse. I'm a counselor. I'm a sociologist. I'm an epidemiologist. I, I am everything, but I'm not, you know, but not in much depth, right. Uh, except for nursing. But, you know, it's, it's very much a sociological degree out there because um, you really are in the rawness of humanity um, and, and embracing that and being able to be comfortable in that. Um, and, and really, um, your, your, your skills of awareness, um, which we're not trained in, right, um, are obviously kind of peak depending on where you are you're walking into a hotel or you're walking into an alley or or you're walking into a clinic you know there's different you safety is a is a you know different wherever you are so you pick up on sound you pick up on nonverbal you pick up on so many things right yeah yeah and then and then that trust is developed over time right um, but you know, it's interestingly, and I'm hopping on here a bit, but it's interesting because I, I think, um, the team that I was part of, I mean, had been doing harm reduction for many, many years in the downtown east side. And often, um, nurses would come from other parts of the country and other parts of the world and say, well, how do you do it? How do you connect? And how do you connect so quickly? Right. And I think it was the training on the ground, right? And, and knowing when to approach someone, right? Versus not approaching them. And knowing how to gain trust with a conversation that's not about health necessarily. What are you doing well? How's your day? You know, I would go to a park and I would put my bag down and I would, you know, play soccer with, with, with people out there. Right. And then I would sit on a park bench and then I would talk to, um, you know, another set of people. Right. So it was that, right. That I, I, you know, to be part of the community and to respect them as much as I hope they respect us. So it's a two way street. Now that's so fascinating to me about the idea of on the ground training, because, you know, we, we all know you can only get so much from formal education and and we need that. We need those those components. And you mentioned that you teach health promotion now. And it's really about pairing that with that real world experience. And that applies for any any sort of practice area. But what I'm noticing is it sounds like it was really heightened for you as an outreach nurse and doing harm reduction, that that on the ground experience was really what made the difference between maybe success in the terms of making those connections and not making those connections. Yes, Leia. And you know, when I started working um, for the organization, um, all, all the education that they gave me was around STIs and what, what is, what is gonorrhea, what's chlamydia, what's syphilis, how do you connect with someone who's been named as a contact, so contact tracing, right? Uh, which we changed to social networking, by the way. Um, so, so it was, it was that medical model, 
right, pathology or that, that, you know, diagnosis and the treatment, there was no education on how to talk to the person in front of me who was high on drugs, right, or who was in an apartment in the, in the downtown east side. And, and it was, um, you know, you, you could hardly see the person in there or if somebody was using right in front of me. There was nothing around that, the psychosocial, right? So, so that is a huge, huge, huge part of, I would argue, any component of nursing, right? Um, and for sure it was in outreach because you're not doing as many tasks. You are connecting and communicating, caring and showing compassion, all the C's as it were. Um, so, so hence, hence the kind of drive to, to, you know, because nurses were coming to us and we were going to conferences and talking about harm reduction, how to connect with people in, um, in, you know, the downtown East side. Um, and, um, what did that mean as a nurse and how do you do that? And how do you take care of yourself? Without, you know, and I thought, you know what, we've got to put this in a movie. We've got to do something. We've, because, you know, we knew from talking to students, there was no education in the classroom around this, right? And this is about 18 years ago now. And, and I, you know, was talking to my buddy at work and I said, um, Fiona, look, we've, we've got to put this down. We've got to do an education, you know, we've got to get it into the schools of nursing. So we have a conversation with the new students coming out. We didn't have any conversation, right? And, and I said, we've got to improve the next generation. So, so that's how it evolved, Leia, into, into the production and um, the hiring of Nettie Wilde and the making of Bevel Up, which we only thought was going to be 45 minutes, but it turned into four and a half hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, so Bevel Up is how I um, came across you and and Nettie Wild, who helped produce it. And you mentioned about that driver being around connecting with students and sharing these experiences and sharing this learning with students that perhaps maybe wouldn't have otherwise received that. I'm curious also, um, what was important to you about telling the stories of your experiences? Um, the importance was that I felt the medical model is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. It diagnoses, it treats, it, it, it has, um, you know, um, success in all of that. But uh, again, and I think I've mentioned the psychosocial, the human component, right, um, of the person in front of you. Of, of the nurse and what that nurse really holistically has to think about when you have a person in front of you, right? And so, so it goes from not only, yes, you have an STI to, okay, um, using drugs, sex work, safety, um, how do you speak to that person, understanding they've had trauma, so trauma-informed practice, um, do they have a home? Maybe not. Do you need to refer? Do you need to advocate? All of those skills, right? And, and so, so that's what we wanted to capture, right? That's what we wanted the nurse to think about is that you're not only giving a person medication for a infection, right? You're not only kind of connecting, you know, a contact to treat them for medication. You are also connecting with that human person, understanding drug use, sex work, the nuances around that, that informs you on how you ask questions. And that also um, it gives you some safety, right? Because safety to me was not whether there was a fire exit. Safety to me was um, how words came out of my mouth. And how I treated the person, because because you know, if there's respect, if there's honesty, if there's trust, that to me is safety, right? And as we know in healthcare today, um, the verbal responses, you know, the incidences that that health professionals get into, yes, is largely I would say driven by a system that's go 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 right and. And we were fortunate that we met the person where they were at, 
connected with them and had time, right? Because let's let's think about it. The person in front of us, and especially in community and public health, is on a different time schedule to us, right? Um, and um, you know, if if we're clashing because of that, then we're off to a bad start, right? Um, so so it is a multitude of different skills and things that you've got to kind of think about. And also you're reflecting on your stigma and discrimination too. And I felt that, you know, I didn't get the training on that. I really didn't. And so I said to, so said to the team and I, and I said to Nettie, I said, it's all bevel up. It's all about how do we deliver compassionate care to the person in front of us, understanding the multitude of nuances um, with myself and the person in front of me. Um, so, so it's complex, it's intricate. And in that documentary, you see, um, nurses going out on the street and connecting with people. And, um, and also there's chapters, um, behind the documentary and, and topics around, um, you know, harm reduction, um, first nations, culture, gender, and it goes into a little bit deeper depth of, of you know, an understanding of, of really what you're all about, what you're doing, right? With, with a nurse practice consultant, with the people in the film, which is huge, um, we didn't ever want to do anything without the consent, obviously, of the community. And they were just going, rah, 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 get this out because no one understands us, right? No one gets it. You know, they all think we're a problem. <clears throat> and I said, okay, this is it. This is the driving force, right? Um, and I can connect that to myself and my life. You know, I felt there was a problem most of the time. And I said, you know what? Fuck this shit, right? <laughs> I'm just like, let's do it. We got to get out there because everybody is part of the solution. So, so you know, many years ago when we started on this journey, there wasn't a lot out there. Uh, really describing the connection and, and nursing um, of, of um, a population that was always deemed as difficult. And it's like, come on, really? My bank person is difficult sometimes, right? So do you know what I mean? I mean, let's bring some humanity and soul and understanding of where that person comes from, right? Um, so, so yeah, yeah. My greatest teachers, the person in front of me on the streets, my greatest teachers and a huge amount of respect. Um, yeah, that's so beautifully said. And and I'm curious then as to if there is a person or a moment in time. And obviously, I know we, we need to respect confidentiality here, but a person or a moment in time that really just connected with you or, or shook you up or just changed something in you. Um, oh, there was a few moments, I think, Leia. There was one moment. Um, uh, you know, I, I gave somebody a diagnosis of uh, syphilis once and I'd known her for a while and she was working on the streets and um, she looked at me and she goes, Caroline, I didn't ask to be born. And, you know, our eyes locked and most of the time our eyes locked and 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 you can feel the pain. You know, she goes, I've tried so, so hard to not get this infection. Right. And she was using drugs and needed the money and needed to do sex work for the money, um, et cetera. And, and you could, you could, you could, I, you know, I just wanted to hold her and, and well, I, I did, right. You know, and it's just like, okay, come here. You know what? Yes, I understand, um, you know, how hard it might be. And I'm sorry. And um, yeah, so, so for sure, I think, and also when you, when you give somebody, um, you know, a, a HIV result, um, <clears throat> there are moments there when it, it's really, you are very, very, very close to that person, right? And, and there's no task that's involved, right? It's listening, it's compassion, it's being there, and it's taking the time. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, many, many, Many moments. Um, I mean, somebody wanted to call their sister in another province, right? And and I said, here, here's my phone. Do it. 
right? You know, and she goes, oh, thank you so much. Right. And, and it was like, you know, and it's just those moments, right? It's just the tiny, tiny moments that can make or break. And, and um, yes, for sure, we have rules. Um, and as nurses and, um, you know, um, professional practice and boundaries. Um, but I, 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 yes, it, those are always tested especially when you're working with people who use drugs and people in the sex trade. Right. And, and, um, you, you've got to hold on. Um, yeah. Um, many people thought of us as their friends and I go, well, I don't, you know, yeah, to a certain degree. Um, but, uh, I, you know, I'm not going to invite anyone over for dinner. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, but there was a very deep connection. How do you know what that fine line is? It's through experience. Um, yeah. And, and it doesn't come out of a book. <laughs> you know, as we discussed earlier, I mean, yes, for sure. Um, there's textbooks that you read on different topics. Nothing replaces, um, you know, the, the practicum, um, the um, on-site education. And that's where you get to practice your boundaries and get to practice your communication skills and your tasks and everything like that. So, so it's through experience that you learn. And um, yeah, often, I mean, for sure, I think everybody tests you as a rookie because they know you're a rookie. And then, uh, yeah, and then, then you, then they don't test you so much when you're an older person. You think, oh, gee, I can't do it, right? I can't, I can't pull this one, right? Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, it, it is through experience. It, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think about that whole idea of boundaries and, and as nurses or other healthcare professionals, like boundaries is something that is so critical to whatever area you practice in or ever, whatever type of work you're doing. And I imagine particularly in the type of environment um, that you were in, it would be very easy to fall into those experiences of of the people you were working with. But often they would kind of ask ask things. Well, could you do this, Caroline? I go ah, no. You know, I can't do that, right? We would chuckle about it, right? You know, I said, you know, I can't do that. You know, so so, and they would laugh back and they go, yeah, I know, I know. Right. And I go, okay, I'm glad you know, because I know. <laughs> yeah. When you decided, you and your colleagues decided to do Bevel Up, um, I would assume that there was probably some pushback to the idea. Um, but maybe, you know, share a little bit more about what the initial reception was to the idea. Um, the initial reception ah, was, well, my team leader. Um, I, I ran into her office and I go, okay, I'm going to draw something down a blackboard. And this is, these are the components. And this is what we're going to do. And she goes, oh, I know Nettie Wilde. And I go, okay, great. And then we took it to our next bosses and they go, well, you got to show us the evidence that this is needed. Right. And so then we started writing letters to the schools of nursing around the country from coast to coast and said, okay, tell us how much harm reduction, um, education, and how you work with you know, people who use drugs and people in the sex trade, how much education are you doing? And all the letters said practically zero. One, maybe one, 2% of their teaching is related to, to this, um, this issue, right? Which we know is galloping steam, right? And, and you know, it would, be, it would have been rarer for a student um, or um, a nurse to come into contact with people using drugs 17 years ago. But now we know practically everyone, right? Not everyone. The, uh, a large majority of the people that people meet wherever they are it, it has, has a history of using um, substances, right? Um, or mental health, et cetera. So, so yeah, we, we got information um, from, from the uh, schools. And we said, okay, so now we're going to apply for money. And that's what we did. And we showed them that we could get them. Health Canada gave us a lot of money for this. 
Uh, we also did a search to see, okay, is, has anyone done a documentary? Um, what's out there already? And there was hardly anything. So, so, and our bosses then started to kind of think, you know what? Um, well, our immediate nursing boss said, yes, I, yes, yeah. And then their boss, who was very um, supportive of our program, said, okay, yeah, go for it. So we did that. And uh, then we, we filmed over 28 days. And then, um, you know, we started to piece the documentary together. And then, of course, we said we have to have a teaching manual for this because, in essence, it's going into the classrooms. So, so it, it come, well, it's digital now, actually. There's a digital version, uh, Bevel Up Outreach. And there's um, one-hour lesson plans on it on a whole host of different topics from prohibition to harm reduction um, to sex work to working with people with drugs, um, et cetera. So, so yes, it's evolved from a DVD, right, In, into, into a digital version now. So, so And it's gone around the world and it's been translated into a couple of um, different languages. Um, so, yes, it... Um, and every every kind of clip, I remember we, you know, because we would film something and then um, the BCCDC would have to have a look at it. And uh, yeah, so so for sure, uh, it was vetted all the way. And um, yeah, yeah, we won a few awards as well. So what I find so inspiring about the creation of Bevel Up is that you took a seed of an idea and saw it all the way through. And at the root of it um, was that desire to share the experiences and the stories of the work that you're doing with the next generation. And, and hopefully they can take that and do some of that work around their own reflection and their own judgments and their own assumptions and have a better understanding of what it actually means to meet people where they're at and what does it actually look like in real life? Cause that's what you were doing um, on a day-to-day -day basis. And I think that's just something that is so, so powerful. It's, uh, you know, I'm so grateful that I came across the documentary because um, I learned so much from it. And it really got me thinking about where do I stand on a lot of these, these issues and these challenges that um, these people are uh, experiencing. And I also really value what you're saying about, you know, from a health promotion standpoint, um, like, what are you doing really well? And, and we talked about tenacity and your own tenacity, but I hear also such tenacity in these people to say, hey, I'm going to get up the next day and keep going and putting one foot in front of the other. And um, that's, that's really inspiring. Like, I've, I feel so inspired by that. So you mentioned about the systems that we work in are, are really designed uh, around this idea of go, go, go. We got to get tasks done. We got to get things done. Um, and that just doesn't fit with meeting people where they're at, taking the time to really understand where they're coming from and creating those connections. For people who are maybe doing other types of work and, and maybe in those environments, say acute care, for example, where, where the pace is very quick, what would you say is a way for people to keep that mindset of meeting people where they're at and building connection before worrying about the other stuff? Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, Leah. I, I think it's creating a conversation, right? So you can, you can do a task and still have a conversation. They're not separate. They're not separate, right? And so when you're doing a task, you can you can connect with that person and, and um, start to have a conversation, uh, a conversation about them, them, right? About about their life, where they where you know what's going on for them right now, or what do they see happening when you know they're going to be discharged, or how can we help, or or um, what support do you need? And so so um, how are you feeling? Um, you know so. Uh, do you know about harm reduction? Um, do you know about safe injection sites? Do you know about this, um, you know, um, place for uh, for people working in the sex trade, right? So, <clears throat> so it it's it it can be it's a conversation, 
It is a conversation. And um, I think in the rapid world of, it's a very busy, busy, busy world now in, in nursing, right? And I've had students say, well, sometimes it's hard for us even to have a conversation, Caroline. I said, well, it's really super important. You got to take a minute, right? You got to know that person. They want you to know them, right? Um, so it, it's an art form, right? Um, as we know, start in a conversation, end in a conversation, showing empathy, showing caring, showing compassion, above all, showing acceptance and non-judgmental, right? Um, so, so yes, it's intricate. It's maybe not a rookie level immediately, right? So you learn from the other nurses around you. You earn from the other practitioners. And I would say that, you know, health has only moved in in providing harm reduction be, um, largely because of the work done by nonprofit organizations, right? They pushed us into harm reduction, right? It was, it was organizations like the Portland Hotel in Vancouver. They pushed us into harm reduction. And we had to kind of say, oh, oh, goodness. Okay, yes, for sure, right? Um, and, and much like the HIV movement, right? It was gay men right? People who had HIV that pushed the healthcare system to say, you need to deliver services to us. You need to find treatment, right? You need to do this. You need to do that. We demand it. And so, and also the people who use or are working in sex trade, right? So it's those nonprofit organizations that really have walked the course before health and health is caught up and health is walking alongside now much better than they used to, right? Um, so, so and, and health for a long time thought, oh, we can do it on our own. No, 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 you can't. Yes, absolutely. The medical model is more so, you know, towards treatment, cure, fix. Fantastic. But there's all that other stuff around it as well. And we need the help of other organizations, right? Um, so, so that's happening more than ever. Um, now, and it's largely through individuals um, that had HIV um, that, you know, use drugs and the nonprofit organizations are, are around them, right? That's, that have said, hey, healthcare system, let, you've got to change here, right? Yes, you've got to deliver things in a different way. Yeah. It's so encouraging to hear of that collaboration and hearing of it growing and getting stronger, um, because as we know, healthcare has often been quite siloed. So the more, I, I think intuitively, we all know that the more we can partner and collaborate, the better we can offer services. To close off, I'm curious, if you were to offer one thought around what needs to happen to reflect on their own assumptions and judgments when they're working with individuals or caring for individuals? What would that be? Um, uh, you know, very much if you're conscious, right? So I think, so I think individuals need to kind of look at that and, 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 okay, if you're bringing yourself to a situation, are you conscious? Are you aware, right? Versus detached. And, and not wanting to learn and not wanting to really connect because of maybe fear, stigma, discrimination. So you first of all got to be a little bit conscious of what you come with to an interaction, right? And, and so you need to do some reflection because if you're going to be working in certain areas, you've got to start reflecting on what your mind is around working with people in the sex trade and working with people who use drugs, right? And that, that the mechanism then starts to kind of get going, right? At least you have some insight, right? And then it's through discussions um, um, with nurse instructors or your mentors as to what that means, what, what, you, what do you make sense of? Um, and and then, then the rest, I think, slowly comes because often you know, um, students will say, well, what do I say, Caroline? How do I, you know, we take lots of students out into the downtown east side and it's like, well, well what do I say to a person? I said, well, it's just like having a conversation with your neighbor or a friend, right? 
Um, so I think there's so much fear, right? So understanding that, uh, so, so you, you as an individual first under, have to understand where you are coming from. It's not your fault that you have the values and the preconceived ideas because society from a media you know, perspective um, is, has, has told you that this population is difficult, they're hard um, to connect with, um, you know, they're blaming people for using drugs, working in the sex trade. I said, you've got to understand where that's coming from and it's okay. But professionally, we are unwinding that thought in your head and we are getting you to a place where ethically, morally, professional, standard-wise, you have to deliver health non-judgmentally, with compassion, with care. Um, and I think if people are on the journey of that and have more exposure uh, through education, through, through practicum experiences, then um, and, and that re you know, reflection keeps going and there's an arena where you can talk about it and debrief. Students often say, Karen, we need to debrief, debrief, debrief. You know, what we're seeing is hard. Um, how we're working on our brains is hard to change. And I said, okay, so yeah. So it, it, it's that, it's that mechanism layer that that's a start, right? Yes. And as they say, Rome wasn't built in a day and um, it's not going to unwind in a day, but at least if you have insight as to where you come from, from a health professional, and then you start to have a conversation with the person in front of you. And a lot of students have said that the main thing that changed my viewpoint was having a conversation with a person who used, uses drugs or works in the sex trade. And that interaction is, is the beginning of, of, of change. Caroline, thank you so much for your time today and sharing all of your stories and your experiences. I think this has been really inspirational and also really practical around how to meet people where they're at. So thank you for your time. You're very welcome, Leah. Thanks so much for joining us today at Central Line Leadership and Healthcare. Also, if you liked what you heard, please head on over to Apple Podcasts to leave us a review. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our host, Leah Woodchick, check out talltreesleadership.com.